Today on Locked On Ducks Hockey, a preview of tonight's matchup versus the Columbus Blue Jackets, and a little talk about Jeopardy. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, everyone, and a happy Tuesday to all hockey fans out there. This is Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about your hockey team, the Anaheim Ducks, OC's favorite hockey team. Yeah, Orange County loves their Ducks, and they're going to love their Ducks a whole lot more the next few days. I can feel it. Before I get into the show, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or try looking manually on the Apple or Google Podcasts. If you're listening already, be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not already. Also, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. As in Ren and Stimpy. You know, Ren and Stimpy. Powdered toast, man. Log. It's all about log. But enough about that. Let's talk about tonight's game. Yes, tonight. At the Ponda, the Anaheim Ducks will look to get a winning streak going as they face the streaking Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, I say the streaking Columbus Blue Jackets because last night, Lumbus beat up on the LA Kings at Staples Center 4-2, and it was not pretty to watch. In fact, the Kings, they continue to look awful as the season goes on. I just have to be honest here, Drew Doughty did not look great In fact, fans are clamoring to bench him, which I think is ridiculous. But the Kings are in a multitude of trouble. The Ducks are not that far behind, to be honest. So again, 4-2, Columbus beat LA Kings. So that means that Columbus is now on the back end of a back-to-back. They have to travel all of 30 miles to stay in Anaheim. Yeah, not much of a drive, really. But I will point out this stat. The Blue Jackets are 2-4 and four on the back end of back-to-backs. And on two of those, well, first off, one of those victories came against the Detroit Red Wings. Everybody beats the Red Wings at some point during the season. So that one kind of counts. So that's a half victory. So technically, Columbus is 1.5-4 and, and four on the back ends of back-to-backs. And on two of those losses, they allowed seven goals. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's something good. However, I said Columbus is streaking because they extended their road point streak to nine straight games. In their last nine road games, they are 6-0-3, their longest streak since 2016. Hmm, we'll talk about that year again in a second. In 2016, the Blue Jackets won 11 straight road games. So again, something to keep in mind. Two players to watch out for. Obviously, Nick Foligno, who's always a threat. He's got four assists on his last five games. And there's a few dangerous players, but first I want to bring up one player that is not going to be in the lineup. Oliver Bjorkstrand. He's still out with a rib contusion and an oblique strain. He's out for another two to three weeks. More about him in a moment. Right now, the Columbus Blue Jackets are led by both Gustav Nyquist and Pierre-Luc Dubois, who have 30 points apiece. Pierre-Luc has 14 goals, Nyquist has 10 goals. 
Zach Wierenski has been on a tear lately. In his last four games, he's accumulated six points. He had one point against the Kings. He had two goals on the fourth versus the San Jose Sharks. And a week ago on New Year's Eve, December 31st, he had a hat trick against the Florida Panthers. Yes, Zach Wierenski, a defenseman, got a hattie. How often do you see that happen? Not very often. So really, six points in his last four games. Yeah, dude is tearing it up. And Zach Wierenski is only 22, 23 years old. And I have some memories about Wierenski, but I'll talk about that in a second. Anaheim is coming off of a thrilling shootout victory. I talked about that. They won 5-4 to four over the Nashville Predators. The Predators were coming on the back end of a back-to-back. Hmm. The Nashville Predators on Saturday night, they beat up on the LA Kings 4-1 to one and then lost to Anaheim the following day on the back end of a back-to-back. Hmm. Last night, Columbus beat the LA Kings 4-2. to two. Now they're once again on their own back end of a back-to-back. Hmm. Am I predicting the future? Maybe. The Ducks do tend to do better against teams that are on the back ends of back-to-backs. So, may say what you will, maybe this is a predictor of things to come. But you have to watch out for Nyquist, and you got to watch out for Zach Wierenski. Once again, having that hat trick a week ago and having two goals recently, five goals in the last three games or four games, and he's got 13 goals in the season. Currently, Zach Wierenski has 26 points on the season, 13 goals and 13 apples. That's where he stands. Now, someone else that I'd mentioned before, Oliver Bjorkstrand has 23 points in the season. However, he suffered a rib injury about two, three weeks ago. So really, they're missing one of their key players. And Oliver Bjorkstrand is one of the premier goal scorers on the team. In fact, he's one of the premier goal scorers in the organization. And I'll even go further than that. Bjorkstrand is one of the premier goal scorers in Ohio sports history. Why am I saying this? Not often I really get to look back on some memories, but I'm going to go back to the summer of 2016 where the Ontario Reign were playing the Lake Erie Monsters called at the time. They're now the Cleveland Monsters, but back then they were known as the Lake Erie Monsters. And this was back in 2016. Ontario had lost their first two games at home to the Monsters. So it went back to Quicken Loans Arena or the Q. It's now called Farmers Bank or something like that. But back then it was the Q, Quicken Loans Arena. And that crowd was buzzing. There was about 10,000 for the conference finals. And the Ontario Reign got swept. And Wierenski was part of that massive run. And then they went to the Calder Cup Finals against the Hershey Bears. And two of those games were thrillers at the queue. Lake Erie had won Game 1 and Game 2 at Hershey, Pennsylvania. So they went to Game 3 at the queue. And who was in the middle of that one? Well, Zach Wierenski got the game-winning assist on that one. And, hmm, Oliver Bjorkstrand, he got the game-winning overtime goal. Lake Erie won game three, three to two. So now, Lake Erie was one win away from their first Calder Cup in 52 years. They hadn't won a Calder Cup since 1964. Why is that important? Well, Cleveland was in the middle of a sports drought. Their last Calder Cup was in 1964. 
their last NFL championship, was also in 1964. The Cavs had never won. The Indians hadn't won since 1948. So obviously the city is in a bit of a drought. So the following night, Saturday, June 11th, I remember this vividly because I watched the entire game. One of the best goalie performances you could have on both sides. It was a pitcher's duel. Well, it was a goalie duel between the one of the MVPs, Anton Forsberg from Lake Erie, and Justin Peters from Hershey. And with 1.9 seconds left, on the faceoff, Zach Wierenski from the blue line got it to the inside, got his own rebound, kind of floated it towards the goal, then Lucas Sedlak got it, and then right on one of the worst angles possible, right on the goal line, guess who scored the game-winning goal? That's right, Oliver Bjorkstrand scored the game-winning overtime goal with under two seconds left to win the Calder Cup for the Lake Erie Monsters, their first championship in 52 years. Yes, I know it's kind of weird talking about something that happened four years ago, but that is one of the great memories in Cleveland sports and something that helped propel that wild summer in Cleveland because just a week after that, the Cleveland Cavaliers won their first NBA championship. Yeah, that whole thing was crazy. And who was part of that team? Oh, LeBron James was on that Cleveland Cavs team. He won a title for Cleveland, and he's hoping to do the same thing for the LA Lakers this season. See, it's all coming back. It's all coming back to SoCal. So, again, Oliver Bjorkstrand, he's been there before. Zach Wierenski, he's been there before, too. Wierenski was one of the MVPs of that postseason, but the postseason MVP award ended up going to Oliver Bjorkstrand that season for the 2016 Lake Erie Monsters. So yeah, that's who the Ducks have to go up against tonight. One half of that of that tandem. Yeah, Bjorkstrand is out. Maybe the Ducks should count themselves a little bit lucky. But Wierenski has been on a tear. So the Ducks really need to keep their focus on Wierenski. And after the first intermission, we're going to talk a little bit about Disney and a little bit about Jeopardy. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're going to talk briefly about Disney Day. Yes. This is the Anaheim Ducks podcast, and just down the street from the Ponda is Disneyland. Not just Disneyland, Disney California Adventure. Yes, it is back, the Anaheim Ducks Day 2020 at Disney California Adventure Park. This takes place tomorrow. That is Wednesday, January 8th. So if you're hearing this on Tuesday and you want to meet some of your favorite Ducks players, check it out tomorrow morning that's january 8th at dca and this took place last year at disneyland and i'll admit this i do have a pass not the expensive one the kind of cheapy flex pass (laughs) that only costs a few hundred dollars it does not cost nearly as much as the premiere or the signature or the signature plus or any of those other way too expensive ones now i got the cheapy one but 
because this takes place on a Wednesday, I could actually check this out once again. This year, it's going to highlight, you know, organizations. It's going to highlight community service. So there's going to be a few uh, nonprofits there like Cops for Kids, Goals, Pure Game, among others. And if you guys are not aware, the Anaheim Ducks started as the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim all the way back in 1993. The Mighty Ducks film took place in 1992. And then later that year, on December 10th, 1992, the NHL announced that the Disney company had been awarded an expansion team to start season 93-94. And guess what that team was called? Hmm, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. So we're going way back to the beginnings of this franchise. Last year, they did a 25th anniversary celebration. This year, it's just going to be what they think is going to be the normal Ducks Day. They're going to have their gold and copper. It's going to look fantastic. The rundown of events as such. If you make it to the park before 1.30, pick a spot along the performance corridor, which is that little corridor between Hollywoodland. So it's going to take place around the area where the Tower of Terror... I'm sorry, not the Tower of Terror anymore. I still call Tower of Terror where the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is along that Hollywood lands part of the park. So there's going to be a Ducks Cavalcade, which is essentially a parade from Paradise Gardens to the Carthay Circle. And that's where some of your favorite Ducks are going to be in a parade of sorts. Uh, There is going to be a meet and greet with players at the Hollywood Backlot stage anywhere between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock. And you get to meet some of your favorite Anaheim Ducks. No autographs, but hey, you get to meet them. You get to greet with them, talk to them for a couple minutes. Sounds really cool. There is going to be gear available for that. So that does sound fun. There's going to be a showcase. There's going to be merchandise. There's going to be, you know, fun and games for the kids to check it out. You know, the Animation Academy. You get to draw, you know, your favorite Disney Ducks, whatever that means. Maybe that means you could draw characters from the Mighty Ducks animated series. That would be pretty cool. There's also specialty food there. Of course, I love food. I might take some pictures of that. You could check that out on the LO Ducks, or sorry, the LO underscore Ducks Twitter account. So stuff to check out during that day. Coming up after the second intermission, we're going to talk about Jeopardy. Yeah, we're really going to go there. Talking Jeopardy after the intermission. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you hear this show with any regularity, you know that I've done a couple of special episodes with Hockey Jeopardy, and I am a big fan of Jeopardy. I have been my whole life. I've been on more than a couple of game shows myself. So, you know, I figure I had to do Hockey Jeopardy for some good causes. In November, we did Hockey Jeopardy with three of our Locked On hosts, and that was towards Hockey Fights Cancer. December's episode was towards sarcoma research. I do plan to do another Jeopardy episode at some point this month, most likely during the bye week for the Ducks before the All-Star break. So why am I talking about Jeopardy right now? I know there's no Hockey Jeopardy episode coming up. However, starting tonight, it is the Jeopardy GOAT tournament, or the Jeopardy Greatest of All Time tournament, featuring three of the greatest Jeopardy champions of all time. It is Ken Jennings, 
versus Brad Rutter versus James Holzhauer. And how do all three of these contestants fare? Well, let's start with the most recent champion, one Mr. James Holzhauer. Now, Holzhauer, he recently won over 30 shows. He nearly broke Ken Jennings' record for most money won in the regular show. That's fantastic. However, he was just a few, like, a little bit shy. How shy are we talking? Well, James Holzhauer won $2.46 million in his 33 appearances. Ken Jennings won $2.52 million. If James had won one or two more shows, he would have beaten Ken Jennings' money record. And James Holzhauer does have the top five all-time winnings for one show. In fact, James Holzhauer won over $100,000 in one episode multiple times. So as far as games, as far as money per episode, James Holzhauer is the king of that. But we're forgetting about someone here. We're forgetting about Brad Rutter. Brad Rutter is the highest money winner all time in not just Jeopardy history, history, but in game show history. Brad Rutter has won over $4 million. I'm not kidding on this. I repeat, $4 million. Yes, Brad Rutter, he got most of his winnings for tournaments. He first appeared on the show in 2000, and he only won five times. However, Brad Rutter is kind of that silent assassin where he will get you on the buzzer. He'll get you on daily doubles. He will get you on final jeopardy. He has won $4.7 million on jeopardy, which is astounding. Some of that came on the million dollar masters tournament. He won the ultimate tournament of champions where he beat Ken Jennings. He recently won the all-star games where he beat a team consisting of Ken Jennings. So Brad Rutter has not lost well, to a human. That is he, he and Ken Jennings did lose to the IBM supercomputer Watson a few years ago. But Brad Rutter is by far the greatest money winner. So once again, that Jeopardy Goats tournament starts tonight on ABC. I would definitely check that out if you're a fan, not just of Jeopardy or any game show, but just to watch something very fascinating. It is going to be spectacular to watch. And why am I talking about Jeopardy now on a hockey podcast? Well, I thought I would do something fun at the very end of the show and compare the three greatest Jeopardy contestants to some hockey players. And I took my time on comparing each tournament player with a hockey player. So we will start with, I'll start with Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings won 74 games in a row. He kind of popularized Jeopardy to the stratosphere. When Ken Jennings began his run, the Jeopardy ratings were, they were okay. And the five-game winnings limit was lifted. So contestants could stay on as long as possible. And they could accumulate all this money and accumulate win after win after win. He's won some tournaments. He's won, he's done well in tournaments. However, he's not the greatest money winner of all time. So this one I think was tough. But I have to compare Ken Jennings to the great one, Wayne Gretzky. You know, Ken Jennings had that long run. And Jennings came in at a time where it was post-limit. So with that said, you know, when he got on the show, he won 40 in a row. People were talking about him on the newspapers and then on a couple of TV shows. Then he started winning 50 games in a row. 
we started getting daily Jeopardy updates on sports networks. Yes, pardon the interruption, PTI. They had daily updates on Ken Jennings back in the day. I remember this because I watched PTI all the time. And you would always hear Tony Kornheiser talk about Ken Jennings, talk about the streak. Even Michael Wilbon got into it once he got to 60, 70 wins. Once he passed $2 million, you know, Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser went crazy. And then other sports shows got into it. So even the sports shows were covering, you know, Ken Jennings. Much in the same way that Wayne Gretzky really popularized hockey to another level in the 1980s. His amazing streak of 50 goal seasons. He just kept getting goal after goal after goal. So I have to compare the original great one, Ken Jennings, to the original great one, Wayne Gretzky. And next I'm going to go with Brad Rutter. Brad Rutter was on the, I guess, pre-limitation era or the before the era where they lifted the five games. So it's a different era altogether. And he didn't get to play as many games in the regular run. But Brad Rutter knows how to win. He wins championships. He's won multiple tournaments. So because of the winning record and his great run at the very start of you know his five days, this is going to be a little bit out of the box here. But I'm going to compare Brad Rutter to a guy that has a trophy named after him, Maurice Rocket Richard. Maurice Richard won eight Stanley Cups, eight of them compared to Wayne Gretzky's five. So is that a fair comparison or Wayne Gretzky's four? Is that a fair comparison to make? I think it is because Brad Rutter has won the most when it counts. So I'm going to compare Brad Rutter to Maurice Richard. Or really anyone in that Montreal. I mean, I could have compared him to Jean Beliveau, but Maurice Richard was a very dynamic player. Brad Rutter is a very dynamic player as far as Jeopardy goes. He knows how to pick apart his contestants. He knows how to best Ken Jennings. And there's one other contestant, the wild card, the newcomer, James Holzhauer. I'm going to compare James Holzhauer to Alexander Ovechkin, one of the greatest of all time. Currently, Alexander Ovechkin is climbing the charts as far as goals, as far as winning. James Holzhauer did have that incredible streak of 30-plus games. He did win the Tournament of Champions recently. That was his first tournament win. Hmm. Much like Alexander Ovechkin is kind of the new kid on the block as far as the greatest of all time. And Alexander Ovechkin recently won his first Stanley Cup. Wait a minute. Alexander Ovechkin won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, and that clinching game took place in Las Vegas, where James Holzhauer is from. And both people are not without their controversies. You know, a lot of people love Alexander Ovechkin. A lot of people hate Alexander Ovechkin. He's a very, I guess, dynamic player, but he's also one of those players that you love him or hate him, depending on which side you're on. I I like Alexander Ovechkin. I think he's a great great hockey player. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. He deserves to be on that list. Much like James Holzhauer is the new kid on the block, Holzhauer deserves to be on that list among the greatest of all time. And there are people that love him, people that hate him. Not that he's polarizing. That's just how it is in today's social media, today's media age. You love him or you hate him. So I thought those were some fun little, I guess, comparisons. I compare, once again, Ken Jennings to Wayne Gretzky, the great one. 
Brad Rudder to Maurice Rocket Richard, and James Holzhauer, Alexander Ovechkin. There you go. Those are some fun little comparisons ahead of the Jeopardy Goats tournament, which once again starts tonight. I will definitely be watching that Jeopardy tournament. Um, okay, I'll be DVRing it because there is a Ducks game tonight. So I'll be DVRing it. So I will not be on my personal Twitter tonight at all because I would get spoiled of it. With that said, I think we're going to wrap up this podcast. Be sure to listen on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, follow on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And I'll be t- tweeting about the Ducks game tonight on LO underscore Ducks. Or follow me personally at StimpyJD. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. I want to sincerely thank everyone for listening. If you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Enjoy the Jeopardy tournament that starts tonight. If you're going to the Ducks game, it's a 7 o'clock start. So be sure to enjoy that as well. For Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great day. I'll see you at the rink and stay cool, Anaheim.